0: To show and tell now shall we
1: what is good beautiful people of the world I am creator K and welcome to episode 32 of the show and tell podcast a bi-weekly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories music and art that you should know about because sharing is caring if you are listening for the first time welcome if you've listened before welcome back in this episode, I am joined by California-based music producer and DJ Ramon Pang, a thoughtful artist who isn't afraid to be vulnerable when he experiments with ideas and creates beautiful soundscapes. Before I give you a rundown of what is to come, I have two quick things that I would like to say. One, I was a guest on the wonderful podcast that is Two Balls in a Mic, hosted by my guys Tony and Chiva. Shout out to them, thank you for having me on. We talked soccer, other sports, some music, and just had a good time. So if you'd like to listen to that, you can do so by looking up Two Balls and a Mic on Spotify, Apple, etc., or on YouTube where you can see our faces, which is cool. Definitely a, a show worth listening to if you are into sports. The second thing I will keep brief, but keep an eye out on our social media pages for a fundraiser starting, I hope this week, most likely this week in support of Black Lives Matter. We have some stickers and bracelets that we'll be selling with all proceeds going to Black Art Futures Fund. So again, keep an eye out for that and support if you can. So yes, back to the episode, episode 32 Show & Tell podcast was good, beautiful people of the world, I said that, all that stuff already. So yeah, this is what you are getting into in this episode. In part one of the episode, Ramon talks about how he's developed his sound and overall aesthetic over time, how he finds inspiration and generates new ideas, and how the free flow side of the creative process and the more analytical and editorial side are equally important. We also chat about his upcoming ep and get to listen to a snippet from it which is really cool because he's really cool and music is really cool too and since you guys are cool i think it'll it'll vibe with you i think you'll vibe with it in part two ramon not only shares a journal that he likes to write down his thoughts in but excerpts from it so we actually get to hear some bits and pieces of his mind written down on paper, which I think is very interesting. We find out from his perspective why writing things down of any nature is important and how that act and practicing mindfulness can go hand in hand. As you've probably already noticed, this episode runs a few minutes longer than the average show and tell episode, but that's because it was a really great conversation. I really thoroughly enjoyed talking to Ramon and I did not want to cut down on any of it. So I hope you enjoy it. And with that said, it's time for show and tell. Welcome to episode 32 of the Show and Tell Podcast. I'm your host, Creator K, and joining me on the show today is California-based music producer, DJ, curator of sound. I don't know if he goes by that, but I, I made it up because I think it sounds cool. It's Ramon Pang.
0: Oh, I I was wondering how you're gonna do that. Cause like the, the last couple episode episodes you were singing, and I was like, Oh, I really wonder what he's gonna do with the pang at the end. <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I honest to be honest, I didn't have a plan. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that I don't have much of a plan when I get into the singing part of the show because I don't think it's very good, but people still want me to do it. So I can't let them down, even though it hurts me to hear my voice in that way.
0: Well, off the cuff and like instinct is like my favorite part of creativity and music and passion. So, I mean, you, you got it down. You're making me That's feel, I
1: thank you, dude. You made me feel so good.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing really good. Like we were kind of talking about earlier, um, I literally should be at work right now, but there's five minutes left. You know, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, I mean, this is this is this is the most important thing that you could be
0: doing right now, I think. Absolutely. Just like talking to another person face to face, computer screen to screen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I've been communicating for the last
1: three months. I've seen a couple people from afar in person, but that's about it. <laughs> I'm sure it's the same for you. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: haven't left my house in uh, two weeks, like I told you. <laughs> <We're> okay.
1: Gonna- <laughs> So why don't you tell the listeners who don't know who you are and what you do who you are and what you do?
0: Yeah, so I go by Ramon Pang I make and I produce electronic music. It's kind of influenced by like trap music ambient music and a quote-unquote intelligent intelligent dance music um, But a lot of people kind of categorize it as future beats, which I don't really mind I kind of just DJ and produce around and I think more more, uh What do you call it? More often than anything, I just love interacting with people who love this type of music and love music as much as I do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, IDM is something that I've heard
1: for a while. A lot of the Mm -hmm. internet communities that I've been a part of, like that was a, I don't know. I guess that was one of the genres that was you know cycled around a lot. Whether it be on Plug DJ, I don't know if you've ever used Plug DJ before. It's like I've I've used it a couple times. Yeah, Yeah. that one of the communities, Lush Selects, that IDM was like a big genre there. But I'm still like not. Too familiar with what idm is. Can you explain to me a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's like Essentially what happened was I believe in europe london uk in the 90s. There was this movement of electronic music that was More created for listening at home than for going out in the club and dancing A lot of people who you'd categorize under the the name of like idm such as like apex twin and like Mm -hmm. flying lotus and guys like that They hate the name um, cause you know, it implies like intelligence pretentiousness and, right. you know, I don't, I don't really believe in any of that. I think, I think calling one music dumb just cause it's not as detailed or whatever is really stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like using the term IDM because it kind of, it, uh, it creates a depiction that the music is a little bit more like detail oriented maybe more heady and mm. like it's creation like a like it was created to be it's more like mathematic for at home listening yeah maybe mathematic yeah. a little more complex requires a little bit more like a focused listening you know
1: yeah that's really interesting so before we jump into anything more i definitely as i like to do with musical guests that are that are on the show i like to play some of their music and you have an ep that's coming out very very soon mm mm-hmm. mhm We're going to listen to a song from that, but first we're going to play something else that uh, you want to play for the show. What is that song?
0: So the first song I want to play is my song Return to Dust. It's a really long song, it's like eight minutes long, but I feel like it's a really important song in my discography. It kind of captures everything that I want to capture in music, and we can kind of talk about it after you play it. (laughs) Cool yeah so we'll play a little
1: snippet of that song Return to Dust and we'll see you on the other side. What is enticing about making a song that is eight minutes long or a song that is just long in general?
0: I think My favorite songs in general are really really long. I think when you can really get lost in a song When even if it's super minimal and doesn't even progress that much I think just spending eight minutes of your time focused on one thing can really get your mind and like your headspace in like a different place you know what I mean because we live on the internet where information is being thrown at us now more than ever especially now that everybody's at home all this insane stuff in the world is happening a lot of information is getting thrown at you and I think um, when I escape quote-unquote to really long songs they they kind of just take me somewhere else and I think those are always my favorite experiences in music
1: <laughs> yeah no that's awesome I think it says a lot if you can make a song that captures people's attention for that long. I, for one, my attention span over the years has just gotten smaller and smaller, which I think is par for the course for most of humanity, given like what you said, social media and and all of like new media. But when I can listen to a song that's, you know, eight minutes long, um, for me, it has to have different sections to it. It it can't be too repetitive, but I think that's a really underrated
0: talent to have. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think what's cool about um, having an eight minute song is because it's one song, sections are going to repeat and the same themes are going to come up over and over Mm -hmm. again. And because they're they're just going at you for like this super long period of time, you get to focus on every detail of it more when you actually listen to it. And if you're not actively listening to it, even if it's just in the background, it's it's. I hate using this word, but it's kind of like a vibe. Do you know <laughs> no, what I mean? No, like, no, vibes are good. It kind of keeps you in one place for a period of time. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, I'm I'm big on the vibes, as people know. <laughs> so, c- conversely, how do you feel about songs that are like one minute and thirty seconds long, like a lot of uh, trap rap music? I guess yeah, is the uh, first example.
0: I love it. I mean, like songs that are one or two minutes. they you, it's a different, it's a different skill set, definitely, because you have to. Make sure you're packing enough into those one or two minutes to keep it interesting, but not so much that it's kind of like a pain to listen to. If that makes sense, I think it's it's always on like ideas. Mm-hmm. If you can get your idea across better in one or two minutes than you can in eight minutes, then it's perfect. It's all it, it always depends.
1: Yeah. So what was it about Future Beats? Or let me ask it this way: When you started getting into making music, was is it, was it always kind of along the lines of what you make now, future beats, electronic, idm, etc.
0: Yeah, um I when I first started learning how to produce and started getting really good at it, I was more so just trying to recreate stuff that I really liked. And <laughs> what I found was that I was copying them way too much. And <laughs> what I would do and actually this is a really good tip that I tell a lot of people who start producing but don't know how to Maybe come up with quote-unquote original ideas. What I did what I did for the first maybe year or two was I'd play like a Mad Libs (laughs) low-key and I'd be like what would happen or what would it sound like if I remixed X song in the style of Y artist at like I don't know this BPM or using this synth synthesizer or whatever and (laughs) I just make really stupid like Sentences and concepts out of these, and I just try to make them because I was curious on what it would sound like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like Mad Libs, like the the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I miss it's those. Like, <laughs> where it's like pick a noun and right. say something really stupid, and then you kind of say the story afterward. Right. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think yeah, it's it's kind of like the um rhythm roulette in a way too, where you're yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. forcing yourself. In that instance, you know, they're picking records with a blindfold on so they don't know what they're getting into. It might be some sample that they're just is not something they're used to using. so just kind of getting out of your comfort zone that's a really good tip. I mean, I don't make music, but I think that can kind of be applied to a lot of different you know forms of art for sure,
0: yeah, and um you know, there's always the one of my favorite tips of advice that I've read on the internet is that when you place limitations on your music, it uh, strengthens your focus. You know how people always talk about how they love this artist because they have a sound or because like, oh, I can, I just know that it's them. You know, when you play these like kind of games in your head, you know, electronic music is really interesting because there's this infinite realm of possibility and it gets overwhelming. It's why people are really uh, kind of scared of like coming, with, coming up with ideas. They're scared of it's either like, oh, m- someone else has done this before or maybe like – I just don't know where to start because I love so much different music when you Tell yourself I'm going to specifically focus on this this and this You can work within those avenues and like different creative streams will pop up as you work And I think that's what I think that's what inspiration is inspiration to me is kind of like when you start working in one Avenue and then It just trails off into another and then another and then another and then you end up somewhere that's where you started off with something that you knew before something that you liked before but because you kept working and working and working at it just changing ideas trying totally different things your end product is oftentimes can be unrecognizable from where you started and I think that's really cool just working on instinct and then kind of analyzing it later on how did I get here (laughs) do you know what I mean oh
1: absolutely damn dropping knowledge hard at at the early part of the episode I like that a lot I like the way you look at Mm -hmm. that how do you how do you come up with new ideas oh gosh so (laughs) (laughs) just gonna toss some philosophy vibes back at you how do you come up
0: with (laughs) new ideas that's my it's my favorite thing to talk about like just philosophy and everything but I spit all this philosophy or whatever and I hear all my friends talk about philosophy and I watch interviews on philosophy, but the way that I work and I feel like the way that my best music comes out is when I just start working on instinct. Um, when I have that blank like Ableton, like, you know, when I have all these samples and everything in front of me, if I just put something on there and then I just start working at it and I just Move things around like a caveman until it sounds cool. Then you just keep on going at it. I think that's what um There's this myth that you have to be inspired in order to make Art or music or anything Hmm. Um, and I actually think it's a it's a circle. I think when you start working at something Inspiration will eventually come to you. I used to struggle with the idea of writer's block because I told myself like, oh, what if I make something and it's absolute garbage or what if it's not good enough or What if it's something that I could I could just never show anybody because I don't like it I think a big fix to that was telling myself that when you give yourself permission to write garbage (laughs) then Something will come out and it's easier to edit something. That's bad than edit something. That's like then edit nothing. Do you know what I mean? When you edit something that's bad, it can turn into something that's good. Right. Do you know, there what I mean? there
1: might be something there that that was that was good. I don't think the whole thing
0: you know could be bad. There might be something there to work with. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why you just save and archive everything because you can take little bits and snips of things that didn't work and make a a kind of collage of all your ideas in a certain time period. And I think documenting ideas in a time period is is at its core like the main focus of my music i want to when i make music i don't really go in with like a a concept in mind or anything i just want to take all these ideas and these sounds that i think sound really cool to me 2020 me at the moment and just get them down so i can listen to them in a year and tell myself like this is what I was thinking about at the time, because when I listened to a song like return to dust that we played earlier, mm-hmm. the idea was, a uh, the idea kind of came from like a, kind of came from like a Bible verse where it's like, you are dust and to dust you shall return. And it's an idea that I like touching upon. It's ideas of like avoiding pride and like cherishing your friendships and relationships. Because in the end, like we all just kind of, Return of Dust and all your achievements Facts. will no, it's kind true. of yeah. go away with you. Do you know what I mean? No. So absolutely enjoying the kind of enjoying the process and like just staying in the moment. I think is an idea I really try to get across with Return to Dust, and that's why I say it's been eight minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and we circle back.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. So speaking of process, you're in the process, or actually, it's it's probably done by now, right? Your EP. you're you have an EP on the way. Yeah, it's coming out uh, June nineteenth. June nineteenth. What's today? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's like a week, almost just over yeah, a week. Like, so yeah. this episode will be out before that. Yeah, this episode will be out like a, a few days before that. It's good timing. Oh, I wonder if we planned this episode around the uh, EP.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we did. We did. It's good we timing. Did. Totally yeah. did. One hundred percent transparent. <laughs> so let's uh, let's play a little track from that EP. We can play a little snippet. Which one do you want to pick off of that EP to play for the audience?
0: yeah this is my probably my favorite track off the ep it's actually out right now it's called field and it's probably one of the my favorite tracks i've ever done awesome let's run it
1: So that was field off of your three track EP how are you feeling that the EP is pretty much almost born i did, I feel like that's a weird way to say it, but you know what I'm trying to say how do you feel about the EP pretty much almost here what am I doing I can't like why can't I just like choose a way to say it like a normal person how do you feel <laughs> about the EP release
0: <laughs> uh i'm I'm really excited because I've never really done like a an EP release before and even though it's only like three songs these are three songs that I'm really proud of and I believe go well together. <laughs> What's the difference in process from making just a
1: song that's standalone or a, or a single, as they say, I, I know my terms, my musical terms, versus <laughs> um, a song that's for a, a larger project or an EP album or whatever it may be. Like, are, what, are you thinking about things differently when you're making a song for an EP? Or is it just that you just kind of make what you make and then things kind of come together?
0: That's right. I, d- I don't really treat them differently. I treat them pretty much the same. I think kind of like I talked about earlier, I don't really go into songwriting or anything with a concept in mind, then the the concept just kind of gets formed afterward and when I'm creating I, it a uh, it's all just instinct. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's that phrase where it's like write drunk at it sober. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I heard that I, uh, very
0: recently actually. Yeah. <laughs> I I like mentally can't write music anything but sober but Mm. to me um, the way I was taught it was that right drunk is referring to creating art and ideas with childlike care and innocence and messiness and just following your instinct like a caveman do you know what I mean (laughs) yeah and the edit sober is your hard objective analytical side that takes a cold look at your creation and edits it with like ruthless precision until you just sculpt into an idea that satisfies you even like Months or years later, which essentially.
1: which part of that process is more fun for you? I think the answer is probably the same for most people, but I'm curious to hear what what is it the the free thinking part where you just you're just throwing ideas at the wall, or is it the more refined uh,
0: part of the process? I'd say I'd say it's actually equally both. both of I course. think what a cop out. Yeah. No, seriously, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I know people love like the freedom of just like oh, like I'm just. Dragging things around on my computer or like playing my instrument until it sounds good But I actually think editing is where a lot of like really quote-unquote experimental stuff can happen. Mm -hmm. I think there's this idea of future where it's like I forgot how it goes, but it's essentially that it's really hard to come up with things that are musically new nowadays because humans have a certain range of things that we enjoy we there's a certain like slow slowness and a certain fastness that are thresholds as like western music listeners can really comprehend and enjoy but the where the advancement of music kind of comes in is actually within the production it's the addition of things such as like you know editing and textures and timbre when you run like a saxophone through like a distortion pedal or something like that or you stick like a, a metal rod down like a flute or something and it makes this really harsh noise like things timbre which like directly affects the sound that's where i believe the future of music is yeah no that sound that
1: make no that that i'm just pondering that over right that makes a lot of sense it sounds like <laughs> not that i lived in that era obviously but it sounds like what you know early scientists were doing just to figure out how you know, nature worked like the, like mm-hmm. uh, Benjamin Franklin getting electric. Was that him? Or is that even real? Like, what can we believe nowadays in history? Actually, I'm not sure. But it was, whoever it was, somebody flew a kite and got electrocuted. They were just like, let's see what happens when I do this. And I feel like that's kind of what art is nowadays, especially in music is just using the tools that we have to just kind of make something new and seeing what sounds good and, or what sounds bad and ruling that out. But I know I yeah. think having appreciation for both is, For both, you know, the creative part of things and the more refined part of the process is important. Because if you don't enjoy one or the other, if you don't enjoy one part of it, then you're not probably not going to be able to really Mm -hmm. put
0: your whole effort into it. Yeah, there's there's I mean, there's tons of artists that have like hundreds or thousands of like freeform work in progress projects that they just never they never finish or never write. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when you get really good at like editing and finishing your ideas, I feel like that's when you're that's when the other half comes out. That's when your analytical the analytical side of your artistry starts thinking about like how does this idea fit in with what I'm trying to do. Do you know what I mean? How how often are you thinking about the analytical side when you're being creative? Uh almost none, probably other than like theory if I get stuck on something. Mm. Like if I if my chords aren't sitting right, I'll I'll move them around until they sound good and if that doesn't work then i'll start using theory but in general like the analytical side of me like stays really far away from drunk creative side of me
1: yeah yeah sometimes it's a detriment to try to think about one while doing the well in this case i think it's more prevalent to look at it in this term it's Mm -hmm. it's it can be a detriment to kind of look at the analytical process while you're trying to be creative because that can kind of block things out Exactly. I, am, I immediately think about video production because that's one of the realms that I'm involved in. And that's actually the opposite because when I'm shooting video, I need to be thinking about the editing because if I don't have the shot right in the first place, because it's because I guess in, in music production, you can obviously speak more on this, but you already have the tools in place and you can move things around as you're being analytical. Whereas, you know, if you take a photo, you can't go back and reshoot the photo, you know, mm-hmm. but you could go and re-record an instrument.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I guess where I'm kind of biased is where, because I produce in like Ableton, like I told you, where I produce in like a mm-hmm. program, because I have, by definition, I guess it is like an editing software. So as I'm creating, I am editing, and right. shaping it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Word. So I'm curious to know, I feel like that's a really, really my staple way of asking questions on the show. Whenever I listen back, I'm like, <laughs> That's really the, the only way I uh, ask questions because I am curious. I am curious to know, how did you come to your aesthetic now? Because, you know, people, they'll first of all, go listen to the EP in a few days when it comes out. We'll definitely tweet it out when it does. And you. you've listened to Field. So you get a little bit of a taste and you can tell that the song or just your sound is, you know, atmospheric, spacious. It's, it can become very powerful. Mm-hmm. Thank you and I feel like your, your visual side also kind of exemplifies those same qualities. How did you kind of come to the aesthetic sonically and visually that you have now? And, and did they kind of come together at the same time or just how did that work out?
0: Uh, so I've actually been doing graphic design for a lot longer than I've been making music. I've probably been doing graphic design since I was, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old and I make all my own visuals and anything that's like associated with the, Ramon Pang online is probably made by me. Wow, that's <laughs> um, dope. Yeah, the for the aesthetic, it's more actually based on form signatures. If you're if you are ever around for that era, where everything was really, it was the early two thousands where everyone was really futuristic and people would throw like twenty Photoshop filters on top of a photo just to see what would kind of happen, or we'd throw like we'd make these photo collages of lights and three D objects and. In a way, I felt like it just kind of fit with the music I was making, like you described it as really spacious and all these, but at the same time, really abstract and detail oriented. I felt like when I was looking at forum signatures, it felt it felt futuristic in a sense, but it all also felt really hopeful in a way. It was trying to convey it's by being so bright and like so out there and everything, it tries to convey ideas of like hope for the future, mm. <laughs> whereas we are in 2020 and i still i still have hope for the future do you know what i mean i think yeah. i try to translate that to my music that even though there's all this crazy stuff that's happening in the sounds i try to insert like ideas of like hope and relaxation and everything because it it, it kind of keeps me sane as well um and it's something that musically and sonically it, when i started learning how to produce i really looked up to how can I, what What do I feel when I hear a sample or something like that? What will it kind of invoke in me? And, you know, it sounds really weird to say, but I look at, for example, the song Field. Um, I wrote it back in October of 2019. Mm-hmm. And I had, all I had was the little synth loop that goes like, do, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And... I didn't really know what to do with it because it was just, you know, an idea. And I feel like what made it sound like my sound, quote unquote, was the ideas that I inserted into it, such as like the the little ambient section that happens about two thirds of the way through. I wanted to kind of symbolize the idea of standing in like a meadow or a field, like that dizzying feeling you have when you haven't seen like nature in a while, just taking it all in like examining you know just everything and the reverb out at the end of the song kind of symbolizes to me the idea of like driving away from that field or like that the field or like the meadow or just that feeling of hope is like a distant memory Do you know what i mean (laughs) um it's a concept i kind of came up with after the fact i think your ideas are probably the most important things you know Every human has ideas. Everybody has artistic preferences and everything. But once you kind of find the ideas that you really, really love and feel really natural to you, then, you know, that's that's kind of your reason for making music. And the I always believe that the more of myself and the more truthful and vulnerable I was with my ideas, the more my music really started sounding like me.
1: Damn yeah <laughs> uh, pe- people should be taking notes right now yeah no i mean vulnerability is big i mean that's like you, there was one thing that i saw when i was out one night in boston it was at this it was after a night out at the bars it was at some uh shout out deco fam actually i know that i think a uh, super sport the one of their producers or main producer listens to the show but um it was in their their uh deco loft um they don't live in boston any, anymore but they had this big Wall, I don't know if it was chalk or if it was written on just with chalk and it was able to stick. But one of the lines, and I'm not going to get it right because I don't remember it well, but it was like, <laughs> be, be prepared to fall apart or it's okay to fall apart. And that really mm. hit me. That might have been because I was a couple drinks deep and I was like, Damn. <laughs> but, but it was like, you know, one in the morning. Like, what a time to think about this kind of stuff. But I think that's important. Like, be comfortable with kind of falling apart. Because mm-hmm. you'll be able to put yourself back together. And if you have a strong circle of friends and colleagues and other creatives, if you're in the creative sphere, I think this expands past that. I know I talk a lot about just, you know, the arts on the show, which is, you know, it's what it's about. But I try to make it yeah. more than just that. Um, you know, if you have those resources, you can put yourself back together and most likely you'll be able to kind of come out of it with with something pretty significant, whether tangible or not absolutely
0: i um there was a meme i saw on twitter it was (laughs) a one photo was like the things that the things that make you valuable and the second photo was like uh the things that make you vulnerable and then someone was like it's the same thing i was like
1: oh Oh. i really like that oh man i almost want to take like a a five minute break and just think about that for a minute (laughs) (laughs) but no we we will move on before we move on to part two um, I really want to get some suggestions from you. And mm-hmm. I think now is a better time than ever to pay homage to the original creators of the music that we love. And that is black artists, black culture. We all know that the world is fucked up right now, especially in America. And I'm, I'm, you know, as much as it sucks, I am happy to see the amount of people who are starting to use their platforms and their voices to speak up and share important information um, and, you know, what I am going to try to do more, um, I've always been a supporter of black artists, but what I'm going to try to do more is shine an even larger light on where the music that we love comes from. Mm-hmm. And I noticed um, on your Twitter, you tweeted that you set up a thread on, on Reddit, on R Trap, to yes. celebrate Trap, Future Beats, Bass, all genres created by the black community. So I'm curious, what are some of the the black artists in you know the music that you make, the music that you like to listen to, that you would suggest uh, people to listen to? I have a few as well, but I'll let you go first. Yes.
0: Uh, first of all, shout out to R-Trap. Um, they are, they've been my community since 2014-ish, and it's been my home on the internet forever, and I wouldn't be where I am without them and the amazing people I've met through there, <laughs> um, including the black artists I'm about to talk about. Um, so f- number one that I... Probably like emphasized the most on that thread was a uh, this a uh, black female artist. I forgot where she's from. I believe Philadelphia. Um, she goes by Kill a Man's Ego. Um, mm-hmm. She makes future beats and her EP. It's called These Roots Are on Fire. It's probably my favorite EP of the year. It's like I don't know how to explain it. It's like the compositions, the way it grooves. It's just so it's so dizzying and it's at the same time they just hit you over and over and over and when one idea is done it just moves on to the next like like that like it's yeah it's insanity yeah we just we
1: just connected recently actually so uh shout out cool shout out if you're listening maybe we'll get you on the show at some point i would love that
0: uh who else uh more kismet from california on the more heavy kind of like dubstep side um i don't really follow a lot of like dubstep and bro step nowadays but when i listen to this kid it's like 15 years old. Nothing I've ever I've ever heard before. Really sweet kid. Their mom's really supportive too. Um, yeah. More Kismet's amazing. I'm sure a lot of people who follow me already know about them.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's another name that I, I haven't gone into too much, but I have been meaning to. And that might just sound like I'm saying that because you brought them up. <laughs> but I, I, I mean it. I mean it. Like I've been meaning to. There's so much music mm-hmm. to get through. But yeah. No, for sure. Also, shout out
0: Supportive Moms. Yes. Um, and... Lastly, I mean, I can go on forever, oh, but yeah, I'm, I just yeah. I just did three to keep it short. <laughs> um, check out the Reddit thread if you want to hear the rest of the suggestions that I have. But uh, from Bonsai like, Collective, uh, caption from Dallas. Yeah, and in my, my opinion, king of future beats right now. Uh, you had like Afro Samurai's on here as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, I did. I really love that episode.
1: Yeah, shout out Afro.
0: Yeah, and captions just really good at grooves and just really solid overall. I don't know how to explain it. Just go listen. <laughs>
1: yeah. Caption's dope for sure. It's a playlist we had that, I don't know. My brother told me that he was listening to it recently. I thought I deleted it. It was because I just couldn't keep up with the curation, but Caption was on the trap playlist, which was uh, one mm-hmm. of our Spotify playlists for a while. And um, yeah, Caption's music is dope. I have a couple suggestions. I'll just do, I'll just do two. I have a list of uh, 10, <laughs> but I'll, I'll just pick, I'll just pick two from them. Um, and you know, for listeners of the show and, you know, avid followers of the Spotify playlist, they'll probably have heard of them before, but I just want to emphasize that you should go listen to these artists. The first one is tech.loon. Tech.loon. Yes. Yeah. He is so talented. He has a, a variety of sounds. I feel, you know, he can hit in the trap genre, his blood EP, was more in that vein. My favorite track mm-hmm. off that Alizarin Crimson, that track just goes hard. He also does a lot more of kind of the experimental like futuristic hip-hop. I, I don't want to say lo-fi cuz it's not lo-fi, but it it mm-hmm. some people would probably throw it into that because, you know, everything's lo-fi now. Yeah. But um but it's, you know, it's Bring more it in that kind of right. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's like it's like a deep hip-hop deep hip-hop instrumental. So, Tech is fire. And then I would also say, outside of Rillaforce and Chuck Sutton, who are both on this podcast, I you know can't recommend enough. Go listening to their music. Um, I would probably have to say Geo Theory. Geo Theory. Yeah. Yes. Geo Theory is the other one. It's so hard. Why did I write down ten? I should have just written down two, so it wasn't a
0: hard decision to pick. <laughs> There's but just yeah. so many good black artists. Seriously. I know. Like,
1: yeah. And, and, yeah. And yeah, Geo Theory. You know, his older kind of more like house dance music, it's still house now, but it's to me, it's a little more like, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm not really good at describing like styles of music, but he's dropped a lot of music like lately. And he's even put on a lot of his old music onto Spotify, some of those Mm -hmm. more like energetic boppy tracks. But those deep, those deeper cuts that are a little bit more like deep house uh, vibe, Mm -hmm. kind of like it's not techno, but techno. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, really exposing yeah. myself on how like <laughs> badly I describe music, but you just take my word for it. Go listen to those two vibe. artists; it, it is a vibe, and just continue to support black artists, the black community. They've given us so much, and we have thrived off of it. And you know, I'm mm-hmm. um, I'm forever in debt to music in general, but
0: definitely black music as well. Mm-hmm. It takes a it really takes a conscious effort, I feel like, to include more of the uh, black community in. The music industry do you know what i mean because it so often people think in terms of like i don't know stats and money and like how will we reach more people but um in the end i feel like it's really powerful and when i don't know when younger black youth sees that the industry is putting on these really amazing black artists it i can't tell you like as a minority like when i see representation of myself it really it's really really powerful and that's why i think when people are saying like you know put on more black artists, it's for, it's for a reason, you know, when you give them support, it not only helps them, but it helps like the, the black community feel more empowered that yes, we can, like my ideas are valid. And yes, I can like reach this people, this many people, if I want to, and if I work hard enough, do you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, we just got to keep showing more respect, more love, more recognition, appreciation, all of those good things, because you know, when it's deserved, you just got to show it, just, just, just take that, advice in every walk of life really so yeah absolutely so those are good suggestions i'll put those in the show notes actually soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell i'll link um kill a man's ego did i say that right yeah okay
0: yeah and i read it in an interview to make sure okay so (laughs) so i'll put it's literally pronounced uh kill a man's ego i was like kill a man's "Ah." ego oh shit (laughs) yeah yeah right it's like symbolic like oh wow okay
1: yeah, so I'll put Zego and Caption and more Kismet and the other two artists just uh, you know, their music links so you can go listen to them. And like I said, our Spotify playlist, you've, you've might've, you you might have you uh, might have listened to some of their music before, but you should go listen to more of it cuz you can't get enough of good music. And at that, we'll leave off part 1 there and we'll be back in part 2 if that's cool with you. Absolutely. Cool. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Show & Tell podcast, episode 32, in case you forgot. Shout out uh, Shaquille O'Neal when he was on the Miami Heat. I think he was number 32. This is a weird reference, but uh, (laughs) yeah, welcome back to the show. This is part two, where I ask the guest to bring in an item of significance, something that means something to them. They talk about what it means to them, why you might like it too, and we get to learn a little bit more about the guest through this item. So Ramon Pang. Yes. Hi. What have you... Hi, what's up?
0: Hello again.
1: Hey. <laughs> what have you brought
0: in for show and tell to share with the audience and I? So today I actually brought in the only thing that's been keeping me sane these past three months. It's my journal. <laughs> I, uh, I acquired this journal when I was in the Philippines in 2018 and there was an all girls like a high school that my cousin attends and they were looking for a uh, Musicians to kind of talk about, uh, you know, the creative process kind of like we're doing right now mm-hmm. and they gifted me this really nice journal as like a thanks for like speaking, you know um, but yeah, I believe that like Like kind of like I talked about before my music is mainly to document my ideas and like things I'm thinking about it at the time but you know, obviously some days I can't I can't write music or like I just don't either because I'm like busy or like there's other yeah. emergencies to attend to kind of things or Maybe I'm just going crazy. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I think journals are literally like a documentation of time. It's um, it's an activity that kind of requires you to engage in it. You know, we all know how to write, but think about like the last time you actually wrote something down. Only if it's like most people, when they write something down, like with a pen or a pencil, it's usually like important. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I told myself that by journaling, I'm telling myself. I'm important. My thoughts are important. My ideas are important. And if my children read this, they're going to get really embarrassed, Um, you know, (laughs) but they are going to know about what I was thinking about. They're going to be like, grandpa, what were you thinking about during the age of COVID-19? I'm going to whip this out and I'm going to say, I'm not going to lie. Really, really weird dreams (laughs) at times. Um, Let's see let's turn to a random page. I actually didn't plan this out. So
1: no, that's good. No, yeah Let's let's do a little exercise flip to a random page. Let's let's see what you were
0: thinking Um, let's see. Oh, I like this one from April 29th. So this is about Almost two months ago, right? Something like that. Yeah, I I think so So this is a this is a writing exercise that I found online. It's called like a love letter to your ideal person And the idea of it is to kind of tap into your emotions and thinking about, like, if I meet, like, the most perfect person, how am I going to change for the better so that I can, like, give something to them? Because, you know, like, really good relationships, really good friendships and everything are built on, like, a mutual trust and, like, two people, like, giving to each other equally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of wrote a love letter that was, like, what would I tell people? My ideal partner, like 30 years in the future, what would I tell them to tell them that like I really love them? As you can tell by my music and everything I'm saying, I'm like a pretty cheesy Zen person. (laughs) Let's see. I'm trying to see what's stupid enough for me to read and someone will quote me on later. Maybe my wife in 20 years will hear this (laughs) and she'll be like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Uh, Let's see. What is home to me? Your way with words, the dumb, stupid, goofball things we do together, learning about the world and experiencing all these beautiful things and ideas together, knowing that everything's a bit better when I'm with someone else who just gets it, and that person is you. No, that's, <laughs> that's actually no, that's toward you, Kay.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Oh, man, totally. That's so nice. No, that really was that. That was nice, man. I um, it reminds me of one of our last guests, Aura, who is a poet, and she, you know, writes. Mm-hmm poems on her commutes to work and i just think that's really cool what yeah that was that was that kind of just a stream of consciousness is that kind of generally the the vibe when you're writing in your journal
0: when i journal it's all stream of consciousness um i'm not a poet i don't claim to be a poet um i remember aura's poet being poem being totally beautiful and this is just you know stream of consciousness garbage that i wrote Uh, i mean it's like it's
1: it's (laughs) subjective it's subjective you might you might think that but i think the fact that you just did you know wrote that stuff down i think is really cool i think it's really interesting and it's something i wish i would do more i do write a lot i have my notebook in front of me as well my show and tell (laughs) notebook which is mostly kind of just for ideas but also predominantly notes for you know prepping the podcast and whatnot but um yeah i wish i did kind of just write more and i uh, what would what would you what advice would you give me to to get into maybe a habit maybe just kind of getting things going for writing just writing like what what do you what kind of i don't know
0: give me some advice i'm actually really bad at writing in my journal like every single day i know there are people that do it every single day but kind of like we talked about before the things that when you're vulnerable your ideas are valuable. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna say that yeah, a second time. That's good. You know no. I mean?
1: I, oh man. Now yeah. I'm. Now it's like really becoming applicable. I like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So when you, um, whenever you feel like, oh my god, this is a breakthrough. Do you know what I mean? If you're just going about your life, let's say you're about to go to bed. Maybe it's 3 a.m. or something, and you think like, I just had the weirdest, maybe stupidest idea I've ever had, but like, I can't stop thinking about it. Just write it down because. I took a class on sleep in college, and one thing I learned is that dreams and ideas are ephemeral. Efe- What's the word? Ephemeral? ephemeral? Something like that. Yeah. Ephemeral. Like, fade away really quickly. So if you don't mm-hmm. write your ideas down, they could be gone forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and it's kind of the same thing with the, the days that go by. If you um think about, like, if you don't write down in your journal, like, something that you did today, like... I can't even remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. How am I going to remember like the most amazing idea that I had last week in the middle of the night? And, <laughs> <Do> you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. I, I think just even just the process of writing physically in a notebook with a pen is really cathartic too. Mm-hmm. And, and who knows, you know, these these books, barring any sort of fire will be around forever and exactly. you might lose a hard drive. So, yeah, why not? Get a journal and write things down. I am I, a little hard on myself. I do write every once in a while. I don't, you know, I don't strive to write every single day, but I would like to, because mm-hmm. there are times when I have ideas that I don't write them down. You know, sometimes I get them into my notes app on my phone or, or record like a voice memo. But yeah. I think just, um, yeah, I mean, there's. I just. I immediately think to all of like the downtime I have. I don't have that mm-hmm. much downtime. If my boss is listening to me, I don't have that much downtime. <laughs> <laughs> I. I. Uh, I just think to the downtime that I get from time to time, and you know, I could could use that more. There's many things I'd like to improve upon, but I think mm-hmm. there is a big value in in writing, even if it's just jumble
0: or just a kind of stream of consciousness. I think even just writing down. What you need to do today in your journal is really important. No, mm, oh, like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And setting a goal for yourself in the future, for example, because you're still exercising that part of your brain that says, like, okay, what do I need to do today? What did I even accomplish today? Do you know? And kind of like you talked about before, where you just write on free form and everything. that's literally like writing on instinct like we talked about before, except you don't have to edit it. It's just your Raw, unfiltered ideas, and then when you actually like have a good idea that you like and you want to put into action, that's the quote unquote editing part. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, this whole podcast is just going full circle. I didn't <laughs> plan on this. Like,
1: <laughs> it's funny how things work and thoughts work. <laughs> yeah, my biggest problem is when I do write down an idea, is writing. Not much detail where I'll look back and I'll be like, what the hell was I talking about? Like I (laughs) I wrote down three words like. Berry patch waterfall. I'm like what the oh my god. What is that? (laughs) Yeah, I'm not this is this is does nothing for me.
0: I can't I can't retrieve this idea at the same time It's like the streams that we talked about where it's like oh berry patch Whatever, maybe I could like write a story on that or something Maybe Mm -hmm. I could just write a sentence on that and then it becomes like something else And that's where one idea turns into another and I think that whole process is really cool but at the same time it doesn't start until you write something down, no matter how stupid you think it is, I I say that things are stupid. You know what I mean. But at the same time, in the future, I could look at this idea and be like, "Hold on, like you're onto something." Even if you didn't mean to be onto something, you were onto something. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, definitely. I'm gonna write down t- that I'm that I should write a book about berry patches and waterfalls, so I don't forget that idea.
0: Let me actually do it. Can I write? Can I actually read out another journal entry? Yeah, this one's a ab- little bit more. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Let's see. This one is from April 2nd, 2020, so about two months ago. Um, the last two and a half weeks have been long. If you recall, room one, if you haven't forgotten, it's the COVID-19 situation. been working from home as of March 19th. It's been really strange. The first one and a half weeks, feel like I just had an insane amount of information thrown at me. Emails were flying, people were getting rushed, people were freaking out on social media. Um, I like this paragraph. No, I don't think I have coronavirus. Yes. I have to stop myself from reading the news every day. It makes me too anxious. I'm going to take a break for a week. And that's the whole entry. Did you take a break for a week? I did take a break for a week, dude. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, there's a lot of, I think now more than ever, people are spending a lot of time with themselves, you know, because if you think about it, people are just on their computers or their phones the whole time. And the computer on the phone is essentially just an extension of you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to do something on the computer, you can just do it and the computer will do it. Um, but at the same time, people are now starting to kind of realize like, what do I want to do? Why am I like just scrolling through things? Why am I just reading the news? If it makes me angry, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why am I, why am I still like talking to these people that, Don't make me feel good. And I think that's something I started realizing when I was journaling It was like, oh this person is bothering me or like, oh this news like I can't get it out of my head like Just writing your ideas down and looking back on It's a really powerful thing I kind of had a really crazy depression period in high school and that was actually kind of when I got the idea of journaling one thing that uh, my therapist at the time told me to do was Ramon, just start a journal And every time you catch yourself having a negative thought, just do a a tally mark, you know what I mean, in your Mm -hmm. in your page, just so you're aware that like, just so I became and I became more and more aware of how these like negative spirals would start. And obviously, some days were a lot worse than others. And some days were better than others. But looking back on those tally marks, those those journal entries that are just tally marks now, I get really it's really intense and really emotional. Like I don't, I might not have known what happened during those days, but just knowing that like I came this far, you know, really like gets me going and gets me grateful about life. And the fact that I'm still like able to just have these ideas and thoughts and that I really in the end, like you do, you have to train yourself. I feel like to be in control of your thoughts and brain, especially with all this information that's coming out, no matter what it is you know, whether it's positive or negative, like you have to, your brain can only handle so much. And I think just having an outlet to like vent is my journal and it's, uh, something really powerful. I think this has been, it's been my lifeline, like I said, for the past three months. (laughs) That's, that's
1: beautiful. That's beautiful, dude. That's really awesome. I think, yeah, I think just learning to not only just control your emotions, but just being aware of them is, mm-hmm. is is more than half the battle because then you're able to you know choose how you live. You're able to kind of you know if something bad happens, you're able to choose how you react to it. and I think that's super important i'm I'm working on that constantly on a daily basis. I feel like I'm in that kind of period where I'm very much well aware of the the negative parts of my psyche at times and I'm trying to work on them. it's it's, it's difficult, it's difficult, but it's I think, You know, once you get to the point where you want to work on something, just, you know, then that's, Mm -hmm. that's good. Then you can move forward and like kind of pinpoint where to attack. So that's big for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you definitely have to train your brain and confidence comes with experience, you know, just, and just like with any skill, training your brain is a skill. And just like with any skill, um, it, it really takes a while to like, you know, hone in on it. But the more you practice, like they say, confidence comes with experience.
1: Before we started recording part 2, you mentioned how your show and tell item also kind of ties into the last part of part 2, which is something that you didn't learn in school. So what um how do those two
0: things tie together? Yes, it's a, it's related actually. It's meditation. Um I started meditating about 2 weeks ago just because I had a it was a really rough period of college, you know, I had like finals and mm-hmm. I had other personal things that were going on, um but I think just learning how to meditate over the past two years, again, just like journaling, like I don't do it every day, but there are days when I feel like meditation is important. And uh, more specifically, what I really honed in on was mindfulness meditation, which is essentially what we talked about before, where you become aware of your thoughts. um, You become aware of, you know, emotions and your thoughts and how they are interacting and you just kind of let them pass. Do you know what I mean? Um, mindfulness meditation um, is really actually easy to learn, but it's a little bit hard to kind of Get the get the concept down get it in your head because what you're essentially doing is on Paper it just sounds like oh, you're just uh closing your eyes and breathing for 10 minutes, you know But the mere act of just trying to focus on your breathing trains your brain to become singular in its focus and when because even nowadays I'll be meditating for 10 minutes and an idea will be like, Oh, but I have this work to do or, or like, Oh, I like, you know, I have to take care of my laundry or something, <laughs> Right? you know? Yeah. Um, and when you let that idea go and you tell yourself like, you just don't think about anything at all. You just say, no, I am here to hone a skill. I'm here to practice breathing. And when you breathe, you know, um, you're, your brain just gets back on track. and after those ten minutes, I always just feel so much better. I always feel so much more focused. And I think it really helps mental clarity because it gives you confidence in not only um, your thoughts but also your emotions and how you can can how you can control them. I think it's something that's really powerful not only in your creative work but also in just your personal work and your mental like health. I think that's been the most powerful like thing that I wish they taught me in school. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh no, I'm right there with you. I am a big proponent of mindfulness and mindful meditation. I I haven't quite been able to get myself to, to do kind of what you were explaining and actually just focusing on my breathing and you know, being still I've been able to practice mindfulness when I clean, I've mentioned it on the show before. I love to, I love to clean my apartment because my, the physical side of my brain, you know, the one side of my brain is focused on the menial task of just sweeping the floor, which doesn't require really any critical thinking or brain power. And then that opens up the other side to allow any sort of thoughts float through my head. And I really get a lot out of that, if not just being calm, just kind of like calming myself mm-hmm. down and quelling some of those anxieties. And I think that's one of the things that's that's difficult at the start for some people including myself when i you know first started to become aware of Mm -hmm. mindfulness was you're going to feel a little bit anxious because you are opening up that filter to let things float in but if you can kind of like you said focus on your breathing focus on focus on sweeping you know focus on those things without really putting much critical thought into it then you can let those thoughts pass by because and, and then and then in a sense you're not even really Putting that much effort into fighting away the anxiety, it just kind of goes on its own. Um, yeah, so exactly. I think that's, that's a big thing because I, like, like I said, I think that it scares people off a little bit. But if you're able to kind of find the methods and strategies that kind of help you um, distract your brain in a way, then then, exactly. then you'll you'll start to make some breakthroughs. I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is a rewiring of your brain because. We live in an age where it's so if you don't if you don't know everything that's going on in the world, you can almost feel like kind of embarrassed. You're like, I can't believe I didn't know this was going on. Do you know what I mean? Um, Just because all this information is at your fingertips doesn't mean that what's physically happening in front of you and what you're emotionally or mentally feeling at the moment isn't important I think meditation is really important like quote-unquote me time where it's like I am experiencing everything and I want to like make sure that I'm approaching this all in like the most like clear way possible because we all get wrapped up in our emotions we get wrapped up in the moment and I think meditation is like a really it's it's just a way of rewiring your brain and giving yourself that extra like Few seconds to think like do I really want to do this or that extra few seconds to think like, okay? I'm noticing myself getting really like angry at something, you know and just that a couple seconds as anyone can can tell you will make a difference in almost everything you know, there's a saying it's um Sometimes silence is better than filler words because at least with silence you get to breathe in between the things you want to say
1: Yeah, definitely <laughs> no i that, yeah no i my brain's already moving and because i'm trying to say i'm i'm trying you know i'm i really am listening because i there are things that i need to work on especially you know if i'm being completely candid sometimes i am quick to anger um and that's something that mm-hmm. i'm very aware of and trying to work on more and it's difficult that's because good. it's such a snap decision and it's but developing that ability to kind of catch it before it happens is currently what i'm working on so i'm I'm taking yeah. some i'm writing notes uh i'm you might not be able to see that but um yeah, I'm I'm writing notes down.
0: Yeah, I think like just being—it's good that you're aware of that, you know. And I also used to be like really quick to anger, and I I still am to like an extent, you know. But I think meditation and uh, just a combination of everything, you know, journaling and being creative really helps me get in the mindset of like what really really makes me happy and what do I really really want to do and. You know, when I, this sounds really stupid, but sometimes I feel like people need to hear this. When you do things that you like, you feel like happier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That is a uh, very straightforward, but very true. Very true. What a note to end the show on. I liked that a lot. I really, as I've mentioned before, I like getting into kind of the philosophical side of life and, you know, talking about communication and the way that we think and all that beautiful stuff. It's, it's part of. It's part of who I am. So I hope that you, the listener, enjoyed the conversation as well. Thank you, Ramon, so much for joining us. It was really awesome.
0: No, thank you, Kay. I had a lot of fun and I can't wait to hear this when it comes out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. I I, I always look forward to listening back when I I edit because I like to kind of relive the conversation. So where can people find your music? Where can they find your EP that is dropping a few days after this episode drops and just all that other good stuff?
0: Um, I'm extremely loud on Twitter and on Reddit, <laughs> um, but every, pretty much everywhere. I go by Ramon Pang, uh, R-A-M-O-N-P-A-N-G, pretty much everywhere. Uh, my music is available. Um, all my music is available on SoundCloud, but the official releases, quote unquote, are available on everything. Apple, Spotify... Pandora, MySpace. Pandora, know? wow, yeah. that's
1: one I haven't heard in a while. Wow. Pandora. I know, right? I miss that. I miss that. It's app.
0: also available on Instagram stories if that's how you consume music. I don't judge. Um, mm,
1: very <laughs> yeah. hip. It's a very hip way.
0: Very hip, yeah. yeah. You can catch 20 seconds of it on TikTok as well if you'd nice. like. yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> if, if you condense my eight-minute song to 20 seconds, I don't mind. <laughs> like um, yeah. Once... Once my music's out there, I don't own it anymore, in my opinion. It's it's up to you and how you want to enjoy it. You can play at the wrong speed, wrong pitch, I don't care. Like <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, you're you're echoing the thoughts of uh, a past guest, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 92 Elm who said that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was yeah, David yeah. Blazer. Time time kinda is blurring everything right now for me, but uh but you can find Ramon where he just mentioned. You can also find him at the show notes, which will be at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. You can listen to his music and you should do so. If you want to follow us, you can follow us at Let's Show and Tell. We have some Spotify playlists. Also in the show notes are the black musical artists that we recommended you listen uh, in part one. So you can go check those out again at the show notes. And yeah, just continue to support black people black culture use your voice in a positive way educate your friends all that good stuff and share with each other as you would share anything with each other like this episode if you want to share it with your friends Uh, (laughs) because sharing is caring peace